Hello, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast, where we talk about all types of topics related to heavy metal detoxification, supplementation, detox protocols, and your most pressing health conditions and concerns. Today's podcast, we're talking with Dr. Anna Kabeka. We're going to be talking about hormone health, what types of things interfere in your hormones, what you can do to naturally regain your hormone production in your body, the pros and cons of bioidentical hormones. We even talk about libido and how to improve your libido. And we also talk about the P-shot and the O-shot, which are stem cell injections in your sex organs, in your G-spot to improve your libido and increase your the strength of your orgasms. And we talk about so many different types of issues related to hormone health. And we also also talk about the keto diet and how that can improve your hormones and your blood sugar and help to lose weight during your perimenopausal and menopausal years where it can clearly be more challenging because of imbalanced hormones. So really juicy podcast today. I know so many of you guys are struggling with symptoms related to heavy metal toxicity. And metals also poison your hormones. They poison enzymes that create hormones and convert hormones into different forms. So many of us have heavy metal toxicity. And so I created a two-minute quiz to help you determine your relative levels of heavy metals in your body. And after you take the quiz, you get a free video series that will tell you the next steps to take, what to do based on your levels of heavy metals. So go to heavymetalsquiz.com and take the quiz. It takes just a couple minutes. You'll be glad that you did. Our guest today, Dr. Anna Kabeka, she's an um, an Emory University trained gynecologist and women's health expert who was diagnosed with early menopause at age 38 years old. Devastated, she went around the world looking for answers and healing and found it. She's now a triple board certified menopause and hormone expert. She's internationally acclaimed for her work in gynecology and obstetrics, integrative medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Dr. Kabeka has changed li- has changed the lives of thousands of women across the globe, connecting to others through humor, honesty, and passion. Her book, The Hormone Fix, and other empowering transformation programs have helped women of all ages become their best selves again. Her successful line of all-natural products features the alkaline superfoods drink Mighty Maca Plus and the rejuvenating vulva cream Jolva. I think it's called Yolva, actually, is the pronunciation. Recently, Dr. Kabeka was named 2018 Innovator of the Year by Mindshare Collaborative, the premier community for health and wellness influencers and entrepreneurs, of which I'm a member also. In 2017, the Age Management Medicine Group presented her with the prestigious Alan P. Mintz Award for Clinical Excellence. You can learn more about Dr. Anna at dranna.com. Dr. Kabeka, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Great to be here with you. So you are the re- our resident hormone expert, and you have written a book about how your how to control your hormones and keto. And so, what's going on? You know, what's happening hormonally as women are getting older, and how does this usually show up? Yeah, what's really fascinating is that you know, the hormonal roller coaster of our lives, right? And it's something that women that as women, we power through. 
and often really don't realize what's happening and the, all the other factors that play into creating hormonal balance. We're like, oh, well, this is just how it is to have PMS or this is how it is to have perimenopause and hot flashes and you know, this is what I should expect. And as women, we just power through. And I think the big thing to understand is that, you know, while menopause is mandatory, suffering is optional. And when we did a survey of women understanding the symptoms like brain fog, fatigue, anxiety, irritability, non-menstrual sy symptoms, that, you know, very few recognize that they're hormonally related as well. And that's critical. So as we're aging in our mid-30s to you know, mid 40s, we really start a sharp decline of progesterone, which is a neuroprotective brain protective hormone. So we tend to have difficulty sleeping, more um, anxiety, irritation, irregular cycles, certainly breakthrough bleeding, heavier than normal periods, all of that can be an option. So typically what happens during that time, so it's progesterone decline, some estrogen, DHEA declines as well. We, we end up at the gynecologist office, at my office, complaining of these symptoms. Hey, doc, I'm having worsening PMS, I'm irritable, I feel like I'm losing my edge and losing my temper with my children. This isn't like me. And the standard option would be, well, here's a Prozac, okay, and here's a birth control pill. Let's just nip this in the butt right now, right? And, and then what happens, you know, continue on because they're not replacing hormones, they're just kind of suppressing our body's own natural production when we do that. And, you know, we're not in a SSRI deficiency or serotonin reuptake um, hormone deficiency. And so what we need to do then next steps is, you know, come, the patient comes back in, doc, I'm having decreased sex drive. I'm still irritable. Breakthrough bleeding's worth. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like the way the medicine makes me feel. And so the next thing may be a hysterectomy and then, or ablation and hysterectomy. And what comes, what comes later? Often it's, you know, continued problems, irritability, relationship, discord, divorce, and um, psychiatry. Yes. So, so I say that tongue in cheek, but honestly, I've seen this pattern over and over again. And so through my own personal experience, and working with, you know, thousands and thousands of other patients recognize when we heal the underlying imbalance, those initial early signs of this hormonal imbalance or inflammatory type of situation going on, that we nip that in the butt right away, we have a smooth as silk transition. Yes. And yeah. it's really powerful. Yeah. And that happened to me too. I, you know, one day I woke up and I just thought, I don't recognize this person in the mirror. I, I just had a baby, you know, it's about a year, you know, from having a baby year out. And I'm like, okay, the mommy brain, it should be gone by now, but it's not. And I was angry. I was uh, having fits of rage. Uh, which I've never had experienced in my life and not sleeping, not losing weight. I just, just woke up kind of mildly depressed and unmotivated. And I just thought, what is wrong with me? Went to my doctor and I found out I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman at 37. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I was thrilled to hear that. Uh, but, you know, and I wanted to... Heartbreaking. Yeah, mm -hmm. but then the doctor just said, here's... There were a natural doctor. They said, take hormone replacement. So take HRT and, you know, take estrogen. Here's a testosterone cream, a vulvar uh, testosterone cream. Here's some progesterone. Here's some natural estrogen, bioidentical estrogen. And I thought, you know, that's not really was an option for me at that time. That's something I can envision later. 
And I know that's a great option for many women. I mean, it does extend uh, bone health, you know, it prevents bone loss. And so for, you know, years, the years that you're taking it, because estrogen's bone productive. So what is your take on the bioidentical hormones? Yeah, so this is a great question, Wendy. And it's like, you know, the big thing, like if you were to come to my office with those symptoms, early on, I would have been the same thing, right? Early on in my practice. But after my experience, and at age, age 38, I was diagnosed with early menopause, premature ovarian failure, I was told I would never have another child, maybe consider egg donation, I failed the highest doses of infertility treatments. I was devastated, we had lost our son, our toddler son in a tragic accident. And you know, the results were progressive and incredibly uh, damaging. And so that took me on this journey around the world where I met healers and serendipitously met some of the world's greatest scientists, natural healers, you know, traditional um, philosophers and, and medicine people. And it was just an amazing experience And that I brought this information back to my practice as I reversed early menopause, became pregnant at 41 had her national 53 with an 11 year old god help me <laughs> and so so you know I, I i brought this into my practice so what i what i started to do is when a patient came in with these symptoms the con, you know this you know a constellation of symptoms that we can experience I would give them a 21-day modified elimination diet and detox, very similar to what I write about in my book, the key, you know, my Keto Green Way, and um, and I would check their hormone levels and maybe start them on some some natural supplements like my Mighty Maca Plus, the Maca, the Adaptogenic, the Greens, the Alkalinizers, support the liver for detoxification. Put them on this diet program and have them come back in six weeks for their results. And as they came back, I, you know, time and time and time again, they would tell me, I am 90% better. I haven't felt this good in a decade. That was before prescribing anything, before prescribing anything. So that little 10% that I needed to now intervene with was maybe a little bioidentical progesterone cream or maybe an additional supplement based on what they were dealing with or something natural like magnesium to, and melatonin to help them get a better night's sleep and let their body do what it needs to do. And Wendy, as a result of that, I went from doing two to three surgeries pretty much every week to two to three a year, two to three a year. That is the power of getting to the root cause and healing the body. And that is powerful. So in a case where, okay, your labs look menopausal, What's the underlying reason? Is it heavy metals? Is it, you know, it, what is the endocrine disruptors that you're being exposed to? Is it stress? For me, it was post-traumatic stress, you know, post-traumatic stress. And, you know, that was under the service for a long time. And again, I go into that stress response in my book because it's so powerful and it's something I want everyone to understand because we can heal from it. We can heal from it and build our foundation stronger even than it was before in so many ways. And so that was that was part of my journey and my discovery and, and really this empowerment process. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was when I got my diagnosis, so to speak, of the hormone levels of a menopausal woman. I thought I'm not ready for bioidentical hormones. That the though that might be the right choice for some women. I'm not opposed to that. There's a time and a place. Um, but for me, I want, I was had that thought, what caused this? 
And then what do I need to do to reverse it? So I went on Dr. Google and went on this long odyssey that brought me <laughs> where you and I are right now. Uh, so uh, what I did was I realized that heavy metals were for me were interfering in my hormones. You know, metals will poison what are called hydroxylase enzymes that prevent the conversion of like, for instance, DHEA into testosterone and prevent uh, the production of certain hormones and that interferes in things. And then you also have, um, you know, a lot of these toxic estrogens, these xenoestrogens and the plastics and the, the beauty products and in our perfumes and fragrances. And there's just countless hormone disrupting chemicals in our environment that you got to you know, stop the influx of and then detox out what you have. So optimizing liver function. And so there's just, there's a lot of different, you know, bullet points that you kind of need to hit. So those are two. And then you mentioned stress. So what are some other things, say blood sugar control, which yeah, is a big definitely. issue? Well, as a gynecologist, and I definitely believe in bioidentical hormones. I, I train, I train physicians on, I'll be in Nashville in a couple of weeks training pharmacists and physicians in bioidentical hormones. So there's a time and a place. I think the young using it, using it without addressing the underlying issues is problematic. Yeah. We always have to get to the underlying issues and that can be at any age. Cause if we can restore our own natural ovulation, we're healthier you know, we are absolutely the same with men, their own natural testosterone production and sperm semen production, they are healthier, right? So it's nice that we have all these, you know, options, but we restoring our body's natural intelligence is beneficial. And when we need to only bioidentical hormones, no synthetic. So 100% with that. Now I forgot your question, Wendy. What yes, was so blood sugar control, you know, <laughs> on these tangents, yeah. Yeah, so blood sugar control, you know, if you don't have proper blood sugar control, which there's a lot of things that can undermine that, uh, that can throw a wrench in your hormones. So what is your favorite way to control blood sugar? So honestly, it's the keto green way that I write about because getting into ketosis helps with insulin sensitivity. And so as a gynecologist, I want to tell, you know, I wanted to believe that as long as I was able to handle, you know, and manipulate estrogen, progesterone, even testosterone and DHEA, oh my gosh, that's awesome, right? But it turns out the major hormones are cortisol, insulin for blood, so cortisol for stress hormone and living life, right? Insulin for blood sugar management. And oxytocin is our crowning hormone. And that is like the hormone of love, bonding, connections, like why we're alive and why we do what we do with passion, right? So that is the crowning hormone. But insulin control, creating insulin sensitivity is crucial to hormonal health, crucial to hormonal health. And the complexity of the, the interaction of these hormones is really profound. But what we need to do is create insulin sensitivity. So there's a few steps that I recommend, you know, three main steps that I recommend implementing on a regular basis to increase insulin sensitivity and to balance cortisol. And when we can do that, when we can do that, we really have a stronger foundation and hormonal balance and reduction of inflammation. And that's, that's key. And it's not just, it's 25% about what we eat. 75% is the lifestyle, choices, habits that we make. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, I love your keto greens that you have. They're so delicious. And I love that you have maca in them. Or sorry, it's the maca greens that you have. You Ma have two. Maca you greens have, and keto greens. Yeah, you have yeah. a keto alkalizing greens and then you have the maca greens. And so I love the maca powder because that's a really neat adaptogenic substance or supplement that it helps to kind of regulate your estrogen to a certain degree. Can you talk a little about that and adaptogenic hormone supplements? Yeah, absolutely. And I have now been so interested in it since my journey. That was way back in 2006 and 2007 that I was facing that diagnosis of infertility. And part of my journey, and I went around the world looking for answers and actually just healing journey and honest, to be truthful, just to keep the earth moving under my feet, you know, just to keep going after what we'd been through and had my um, two of my girls with us. And it was um, it was this journey. So one of the first places we went to were was Peru. And in Peru, when you're infertile, they say drink maca. When you're tired, drink maca. And then they would elbow my husband at the time, and they would say, "It's the Peruvian Viagra. Drink some maca." And I was like, "Oh." And he drank a gallon of it. No. <laughs> yeah, like right. And the problem with me is I couldn't stand the taste of it, so I started mixing other things with it. But I was for sure drinking the maca. And I later looked up all the scientific research and and try to understand what makes this so beautiful in maca. And I use organic Peruvian maca, organic kosher Peruvian maca from Peru in my formulation that's combined with other superfoods. But one thing that I found is that maca is rich in arginine, which increases nitric oxide, which is exactly how Viagra works. Yes, yes it does. So funny, right? So, um, so that, but plus it's an incredible adaptogen. And so whether we're in overdrive or underdrive, it balances us it kind of like comes in and greases our wheels so to speak and just really helps us smooth things out to feel calmer and that's beautiful the research in menopausal women has been pretty positive as far as increasing sexual desire function decreasing hot flashes my formula I hear all the time that it helps eliminate hot flashes so the other the other aspects of of maca is that you know that may be genetic adaptogenic as well, just like resveratrol we're finding or turmeric that we're finding that has these really amazing um, uh, capability to kind of help modulate our signaling sy sy uh, systems in our body. So that's fascinating to me. And as I used it in so many patients and clients and um, you know, we find that can really help with help with hormonal regulation as well, because the adrenals play such a heavy role in our um, fight and flight and our stress responses. Yes, and, and maca will help with those too, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it'll help with the stress hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah, and then what about progesterone? And so this is a, a thing that if you're deficient in, it's totally safe to supplement with. What is your favorite way to supplement with progesterone? Well, I created a progesterone pregnenolone combination cream. It's my pure balance cream. And I added some tripeptide, which is another anti-aging um, ingredient. But the transdermally is where I typically start. But sometimes we need prescription oral progesterone. Because, you know, oral progesterones are metabolized by the liver, a good 90% of them, and we will increase the allopregnenolone, which will increase GABA in our body. And GABA is our relaxation neurotransmitter. 
And progesterone is crucially important. It is dropping off in our mid-30s to 40s, and that's when we're experiencing that difficulty in sleep because progesterone helps with a good night's sleep. It helps with calm, like GABA increases that awe feeling. I would say think of the musical Mamma Mia and the rock group ABBA, and you're like, oh, this is great. That is GABA. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that's how I remember and so progesterone, so as progesterone is declining and estrogen is declining, what happens, we get at this kind of progesterone is important for neuroprotection in the brain. It's a neuroprotective hormone. So imagine here we are entering this period of, of neuroendocrine vulnerability. We're dropping our protective hormone significantly. And with that, the brain's ability to use glucose for fuel is also declining for many factors, but estrogen, maybe even progesterone play in here. And so this creates a, a period where we're susceptible to brain fog, anxiety, insomnia, three common reasons that women come to their doctor during this time. And I didn't realize this until my second menopause, I pulled myself out of menopause, and then I hit it again at 48. And that's when I was experiencing the same thing. So many of my patients say, you know, they experience 5, 10, 20 pounds. And while not doing anything different. Now, early on, I'm like, sure, you're not, right? Sure, you're not doing anything different. Yeah, not having an extra dessert or something. And um, I was not doing anything different, really a humbling experience. And, um, and so that metabolic stall hit. So getting it to keep, that's, again, our body, our hormones, our body's ability to use glucose, and in our brain for fuel, it's all kind of happening together. And our metabolism, another hormone, adiponectin, is also decreasing. So we get into this fat storage mode and decrease in metabolism, which is, a, you know, a, not a fun place to be. And not to mention the brain fog and memory loss and all of those things. And you have teenagers, and they're like master manipulators. You cannot afford any. <laughs> you like succumb. <laughs> oh, man, just go away, whatever you want. So you, got, you can't live that way. And so that's where I really recognize the power of ketosis to help with that too. So to change the fuel source, so from glucose to ketones, and to make an analogy for our listeners too, is that if you think of glucose as to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel, I mean, in the perimenopause and menopause, we really want this. Men and women, that key, that key, clarity, right? And when I talk about going keto, it's, it's not keto dirty, it's keto clean, right? Keto green, keto clean. We want to have really healthy greens on top of a pattern of life that enables our body to get more into ketosis to get into the fat burning stage and with that you know we have neuroprotection from ketones and that helps balance the loss of progesterone and when we need to add just enough progesterone not to further interfere with our own body's natural production but just to supplement to bring it up and we're still working on exact dosing and how, when, and everything. It's really can be very individualized. So it's important to work with a practitioner when you're, when you're doing that. And so tell us a little bit more about the cream that you created with the progesterone. And so how does that work? Like, how does somebody use that? Uh, this so stuff is just amazing. You sent me a bottle of it. You sent me all of your supplements and I'm just, I love them so much. I think this cream is brilliant because there's a lot of garbage progesterone products on the market and there's like there's things that the, some products will have like those the oral supplements of like wild yam or just i don't know so what is some of the issues with some of the things on the market and how does yours different 
So, you know, I think the biggest thing, I'm a scientist and I am big into control and quality control and testing. So before I bring anything into use, I've been testing it for a while. And I want to use naturally derived, natural, identical ingredients to what our body can use or is natural to us as possible. So for me, it's adding in progesterone and pregnenolone adding in some organic essential oils and extracts to help with body balance and also the tripeptide 29 because if we're going to put something on us we want those anti-aging benefits too like wrinkle reduction brown spot reduction like I'm all into that stuff so um, but I also make it you know a little bit goes a long way because I don't like to use a lot of creams and it needs to just smell clean no added fragrances no preservatives so it um, is safe to use. And sometimes you see a lot of products with synthetic ingredients, with um, some hormone disrupting chemicals as well. So you have to be really careful about what you're using as well as I want consistency. I'm very specific. I actually had a batch come in or try. I always test it before we mass produce the first line. They had to redo a whole batch. It didn't meet my quality standards. Just like it has to be the right consistency. It has to feel good when you put it on too and absorb very quickly because we don't want residues around. We want it, you know, done. Yeah, it's so crazy. I've seen progesterone creams before that will have parabens in them mm -hmm. that are it's a hormone disrupting chemical. It's just like mm, crazy exactly. what some of these manufacturers do. So it's great that you have this product and you don't really have to test for progesterone anyways i mean I, I think the can you talk about that i think the majority of women over maybe it's, 35 are going to be low so this is something that would be totally safe to try even without testing right it's definitely something that you know you want to use cautiously in anything we do just like what we eat everything you do you want it to be organic you know natural as much as possible with progesterone it's a little it's a little tricky so many women at mid-30s, early 40s are already deficient in progesterone. And it requires a simple blood test. And many people can order that on their own or check the symptom questionnaire. And I do a hormone in my book. There's three different questionnaires and inventories that I like clients to take. So you can see, let's see, where am I at now? And these are very progesterone deficient symptoms. Let's try, first of all, let's detox the liver. Let's get rid of heavy metals. Let's clean up our diet, right? Let's remove any plastics, you know, estrogenizers that we could be using. Let's clean that stuff up. But if we're still not having a good night's sleep, we're symptomatic, adding in a bioidentical progesterone at night, if you're, if you're cycling, you want to do it to complement your natural progesterone level. So that would be in your luteal phase. So mid-cycle to beginning of the next cycle approximately. And if you're menopausal, we know your progesterone is really low and you're symptomatic, you know, try a little progesterone at night. And so also use it around the temples. You can use it in the neckline, lower abdomen, anywhere you have thin skin, where you see veins that can absorb, you know, the perineum, the pelvic floor, you can use the cream there too. And, and what um, it transdermally, we're bypassing the liver. So we've added in an extra level of safety. Plus, you, we have a lot of safety profiles of progesterone. What's confused the public is the progestins, the synthetic progestins being called progesterone and saying it's problematic. The synthetic progestins like Provera, Northindrone, the progestins and birth control pills have a negative cardiac profile. 
don't work the same way as bioidentical progesterone. But when we switch to a transdermal um, bioidentical progesterone, we can experience very good physiologic results. But with anything, I like my clients to take a break in it periodically. So my menopausal clients, if you do it day one through 25 a month, or Monday through Friday, take the weekend off, that's a good place to start. Some women need it longer and some women don't. But the safety, again, the safety profile is really profound. And from clinical experience, what I saw was a reduction in breast cyst, improvement in brain health, was a decreased need for surgery. And, and all of these, you know, all of these symptoms that were decreasing their joie de vivre, their quality of life, were eliminated. And that's really powerful, but not to use a lot, not to use it um, like self-medicating, just like with anything, we don't want to self-medicate, but to complement, to complement a healthy routine, a healthy diet, healthy, regular detox regimen. Then we've got some safety built in there. Yeah, because you can get too much of a good thing. You, you can get a too little, much, but not thing. a lot. And so let's talk about libido. Okay. okay. Libido is something a lot of women are struggling with. And it can really affect your relationships. It can affect your motivation to have sex with your partner. And they're really motivated for the most part. But a lot of times women are because you, you just don't have that, that feeling of wanting to, to be intimate. And it can really be damaging to a relationship and frustrating and, and whatnot. So what's going on there? Why are people's libidos low? What are some underlying root causes and what can we do to improve it? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great question. I, I dedicate my uh, chapter in my book all on vaginal health and sexual health because it's important for our overall health as a woman. And what happens, it's multifactorial. Sexual health and decline in libido is a multifactorial process, and it's important that we get to it. I have a whole class called Help Doctor My Sex Drive Has No Pulse and a program <laughs> called Sexual CPR. You would love that, Wendy. <laughs> So we're relaunching it this fall. So, um, but because it's such a critical area and often um, we, uh, patients would come in time and time again and tell me, you know, Dr. Anna, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to initiate sex. I don't feel like having sex. You know, what's wrong with me? And I said, well, what happens once it starts? Well, once we get started, I'm all in. And, and first thing to recognize is that secondary desire is natural in, in women, especially over a relationship that's been two years. That's part of it, recognizing secondary desire. Second thing is hormonal decline. Third is hormone interference, the endocrine disruptors, yet again, tampons, feminine hygiene products, laundry detergent, things that affect our sexual health. Spring yourself with perfume. Fumes, guess what? Endocrine disruptors. Yeah. Endocrine disruptors. And we have to eliminate those so our body can utilize and receive what we need to naturally. And then uh, our natural decline of DHEA. And that also, and, and as well as the other hormones, but affecting sex drive and libido and vaginal dryness. As we get older or we've been on birth control pills, we can experience thinning of the vulvar and vaginal tissue, decrease in, in clitoral health, and vaginal dryness. And so when we restore this health, we can, you know, I tell clients first and foremost, if you have pain every time you do something, why would you want to do it, right? So from vaginal discomfort or the discharge, odor, 
urinary tract infection after intercourse, like, why would you want to? And many women will say, well, I know my husband needs it. And I'm just, you know, I'll power through for him. It's your duty. I always thought of it as like my duty, even if I wasn't in the mood, I'm like, I just want to keep him happy. So he doesn't go look somewhere else. You know what I mean? And so that's not a good place to come from. But a lot of women find themselves doing that or not just ignoring their partner because they just they don't feel like it. Yep. And it's really important statement because the uh, sexual intimacy is pleasure is for us and our partner ultimately wants us to have pleasure. Like he wants to know that he, what he is doing intimately is making you happy, is pleasing you. You're enjoying it. So for us to just check the box on the to-do list, it is not conducive to a healthy relationship. We have to enter, like be receptive. I'm going to open up, honey, touch me here, touch me there, do this, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, really be a good, every, even the best athletes have coaches, you know, we have to work as a, <laughs> as a group, as a couple, and as a group necessarily, as a couple to um, establish our intimate rhythm. And lubrication is really important. Foreplay is really important. So one of the things that I created for my own experience, from my own experience and for my patients was my second other product, which is Jolva, which is an anti-aging cream for the vulva, apply from the clitoris to the anus, keep that tissue healthy, but it can help with that sensation, increasing pleasure. You're all of a sudden awake again, just like men experience erectile dysfunction and loss of sensitivity. Women experience the same and it's a very sensitive topic because we're we're not talking about it, right? Now there's Viagra commercials all over the place, but what's for women? Nothing's working, right? So you know, it was really important for me to create something natural, clean, that could help support our body naturally, kind of um, anti-age and keep pleasure, keep intimacy, keep connection, comfortable, rewarding, and orgasmic, and and that's what if we have the positive reinforcement. That is huge. That is what we're in here for. And isn't it estrogen that helps keep all those tissues alive and juicy and plump and whatnot? So is the the vulva, is that uh, the jolva, I mean, is that kind of estrogenic enhancing substances in there? So it's great that you brought this up because typically for vaginal dryness, you go into your doctor's office and they write you an estrogen prescription, vaginal estrogen of some sort. Well, estrogen works on the first layer, the mucosal layer. So the vaginal mucosa is like the inside of our mouth. It's mucosa. So estrogen will work on that layer. But testosterone, DHEA, progesterone work on all three layers. We know definitely DHEA works on all three layers of the vaginal wall. So from the mucosa to the interstitial tissue to the muscular muscular layers. And that's a huge finding because we want to increase the elasticity and function, not just moisture. We want to increase the... Um, the health overall of the vaginal area. So that's where the androgens come in and and studies with prescription testosterone, prescription DHEA vaginally have shown great results in that, in that effort. So with Jolva, Jolva has, you know, it's a combination of things. I always tell clients, you got to do your pelvic floor exercises because we want to keep those muscles strong. And um, the ingredients in Jolva from the plant stem cells, I use plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose, Wendy, this is this beautiful rose that blossoms in the Swiss Alps amongst the harsh conditions. And so for me, that is um, definitive of femininity. 
right? Yeah, we want to we want it blooming down there in the desert. We want it blooming, <laughs> exactly. No matter what, blooming. And so the plant stem cells from the alpine rose are beautiful anti-aging. And I put in the DHEA, emu oil, and coconut oil and shea butter. So all natural ingredients in a very smooth formula and to help, you know, from clitoris to anus, keep that tissue healthy. You know, we age, I worry about around my eyes, around my mouth, right? Wrinkles here, there, everywhere. Pelvic floor, it's even more important because that really affects the quality of our life. So we want to keep that healthy and, and it definitely, definitely does help. What do you think about the P shot, which is doing stem cell injections in your clitoris? To, I heard this at a conference, uh, one of the Bulletproof conference, and Dave Asprey and his wife were talking about that. He got the P shot, she got the O shot, uh, right. which is for, for women. And so what do you think about those? <laughs> well, I, I actually would tra- I trained physician back when on the G shot. So now we have, they're able to use PRP or stem cells and do O shot, you know, essentially injecting into the G shot for, in G spot for women to help to re-nourish that area of focus, I think that's in, it's interesting. It is interesting, and we had many good results with that. It's not foolproof, not universal, but I would say you know fifty to seventy percent of really good response. And the same with the P shot, you know, using stem cells, same concept and um, mixed results as well. It's not foolproof, but it is um, another angle. And I think we're looking now at peptides and. Um, other science to help with this because it's an issue. And I always think one thing that really helped clients with G-shot injections, because I always educate the couple, is identifying where the G-spot is, right? Identifying where it is, using sensation, lubrication, communication to enhance sexual experience. And, you know, once clients had that area of sensate focus, like they didn't need to keep getting the G shot, O shot, or whatever. So this whole concept of really being so in touch physically, energetically, you know, emotionally with each other with good communication skills that you enhance the sexual experience overall. And that's pretty positive reinforcement that you're going to want to come back to again and again. But it goes beyond that for women. It's not just about the orgasm for us. After orgasm, after that oxytocin is flooding through our bloodstream, exploding in our brain, et cetera, and whether we climax or not, now this is really important, we don't have to climax, so oxytocin's everywhere. But when this happens, intimacy, the two minutes, I always would teach husbands and partners when I, and when I lecture, I say, guys, just after orgasm, after climax, she needs two minutes, two minutes, intimacy, communication, cuddling, talk, because for us, oxytocin is, you know, bonding time. This is where it cements us together. This is where the relational aspects come in. That's the post reward for us. And for men, they want to roll over and go to sleep. So you got to wait two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just two minutes, guys. It's not a lot That's to it. ask. It's just not a lot to ask. Long, yeah, amount of time it takes to brush your teeth. Just yeah. give me two minutes. Yeah, and so the P shot obviously is in the O shots very expensive. It's not, you know, in the realm for a lot of people. There's a lot of easier, cheaper, quicker fixes. Um, but that's something kind of interesting. I just wanted to touch on it. I've considered doing it. I'm like, yeah, Dave and Dave Asper and his wife did it. And they were like, yeah, it's amazing. You have like toe curdling orgasms, quote. And I thought, oh, why not sign up for that? But but it's expensive and it's a surgery. You know, it's probably really not comfortable getting a shot in your G-spot. 
Yeah, something you have to heal from for sure. And so let's talk a little more about the ketogenic diet. And let's talk about kind of what that looks like and why it's so important for women in menopause, because obviously it's harder to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gets harder as you get older. So there's no better time than now to start, uh, you know, thinking about blood sugar control, because, you know, a lot of people have genetics where they will develop metabolic syndrome, where they are pre-diabetic. I certainly in my genes, I have uh, you know, metabolic, all the metabolic syndrome genes to develop, you know, poor blood sugar control. So I know that's coming. So I know I have to take steps now, not wait until mm-hmm. I have a pre-diabetes or diabetes diagnosis, but do something now to really keep my blood sugar under control because that high blood sugar causes so many other health issues, brain atrophy, killing brain cells, uh, dementia, um causes you know heart disease it causes cancers the high blood sugar is a killer so we have to take measures to reduce carbohydrates in our diet so tell me a little bit more about your your keto greenway yeah absolutely you know when i hit menopause the second time and i was gaining that weight i'm like okay i'm carb restricting completely so going keto and i noted as i started to get more irritable, I kind of, you know, hit a wall, I noted that anytime I tried to put clients on a very carb restricted diet, whether it was for candida, whether it was for seizure control, or whatever it may be in the perimenopause, they would say, you know what, I don't like how I feel on this, right. And and I was experiencing that myself. Well, I called it keto crazy. (laughs) Kind of like coined that term. It's like keto crazy, but it's not where you want to be. Like, especially again, those manipulative teenagers, not healthy. And so what I did was, um, you know, I just started checking my urine back to the functional medicine. I'm like, well, my urine pH was as acidic as it could get. And I stopped and I started adding the alkalinizing greens back in. So kale soup, beet greens, chard, you know, plenty of cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, everything low carbohydrate that we know has hormone benefiting results. So the low carbohydrate greens started piling those in and um, adding that to a healthy, a clean keto diet. So for example, a keto green breakfast would be smoked salmon with capers on a bed of greens drizzled with olive oil and maybe some sliced red onion. And so that's a healthy fat, healthy protein, lots of greens and alkalinizers. So what I noticed as my urine pH started getting more alkaline, I felt better, I felt calmer, I felt clearer, And as I got into ketosis now, while having an alkaline urinary pH, because I call that another vital sign, urine pH can be actually another vital sign, telling us how are we doing as a guide. And the more acidic we are, the more inflamed we are, the higher stress we have. The more alkaline our urinary pH is, around 7, 7.5, we have, you know, a good, we can assume we have a good healthy mineral status and um, feel generally better and supporting our detox pathways. That's key, decrease inflammation, fight off acidity. That made such a difference. So getting alkaline and getting into ketosis at the same time, that was what I call energized enlightenment, such brain clarity. That was powerful. It's a powerful place to be. And that's where I encourage people. So so what we do in my programs and in my book I recommend this keto green way of living. So intermittent fasting, at least 13 to 15 hours between dinner and breakfast, 
finishing dinner, preferably by 7 p.m., waiting, you know, 13 to 15, 16 hours till you break fast and break fast keto green in a healthy pattern. 75, like put 75% of greens on your plate, really those low carbohydrate greens. Let it look as a visual. For me, I'm visual versus macro percentages. That throws me off. So visually a, a healthy plate size with palm size amount of protein and a quarter cup of healthy fats, whatever they may be, maybe some added nuts, seeds, oils, and adding those things in. And that's a, the healthier fats, lower carbohydrates. You're not going to have cravings in between meals. And then two to three meals a day, no more snacking because we want to increase insulin sensitivity and help with blood sugar control. Now, there may be people listening saying, oh, my gosh, I have to eat every two to three hours because of, you know, I I get hypoglycemic. Well, it's because you're having too many carbs at a meal and not enough healthy fats and quality protein. When we shift that, I don't care if you've been having hypoglycemic episodes for decades, you will not have hypoglycemic episodes. You'll be able to extend your fasting intervals and inter- intervals between eating, and you will have a, you know a higher energy. So, so keto green is a concept of not just what we eat, but it's also the lifestyle and habit. So, when we eat, how we're eating? Are we eating rushed and stressed out? Not a good thing to do, right? Um, and you know what's the quality of the food that we're eating? And what time are we eating? That affects our metabolism in so many ways. Yeah. And so a lot of people think that women shouldn't or, you know, women can have problems with keto or women can't handle the high fat diet in keto. What are your thoughts on that and some kind of workaround tips for women and even people that have trouble with fats? Yeah, yeah, great question. Now, there are certain genotypes, like APOE genotypes, that may not do so well on a typical on a typical ketogenic diet. So the keto green diet's a bit different, right? Bit different. We're not just bacon and butter, steak and steak. You know, it's a lot of. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're again, 75, we want to put the greens and the fibers on because that supports the microbiome. So I have found amazing success with this approach. So if if some, and this is, I just lectured at KetoCon in Austin recently, and I, I got that question. It's like people came up to me after my lectures, like, oh, that makes so much sense. Cause I always felt like I was hitting a wall doing keto, wasn't losing weight, didn't feel good, had, you know, irritability or just, just didn't, feel like myself, you know, I wondered what was happen, happening, that alkalinizing piece, that green piece makes the difference. And again, not just about what we eat. We have to build in these lifestyle factors too. Stress management's a huge part of that too. And so if we're not metabolizing fat well, or we don't have, or digesting fat well, or we don't have a gallbladder, I recommend enzyme support for that. So digestive enzyme support, some hepatic, biliary enzyme support, that, you know, that is definitely something that I would incorporate into uh, someone's diet who they feel like they're not eating enough fat. Another problem, Wendy, is that many women um, are eating too much and too much fat. We don't really need that much. So like if you're eating, you know, platefuls of bacon or, you know, lots of lots of meat. I mean, that's, you know, that's acidic, that's highly acidic. And it's really a challenge for a digestive tract. The key with keto green is that we um, get to a point where we're eating healthy amounts based on our activity level, lifestyle, body habitus, age, etc. And not overdoing it, not hungry, you know, we can eat to be satisfied, not to be full. 
and to be relieved of cravings, which I had had for decades, it's liberating. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of people really, really need to take uh, digestive enzymes. I'm a big fan of pancreatic enzymes, yeah. lipase to help digest fats, ox bile to help digest fats. Um, really, really can make a big difference for anyone that's having trouble with uh, fat. But yeah, it's, you know, the keto diet, it, you know, there's different ways to do it. So if you hear some of the big male keto proponents, like they're eating MCT oil and tons of coconut oil and butter and ghee and just pouring this all over their steak and just talking about fat, 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 you know, that's not, you know, what works for them may not necessarily, but what's going to work for you. So you kind of have to tailor it to your body. And I love that you use these pH uh, urine test strips. I think that's brilliant. They're extremely sensitive to help to monitor your pH, and that will help you kind of determine the amount of meat or animal protein versus plant, you know, plant matter that's alkalizing vegetables uh, to help taper, you know, do what's right for your body. Exactly. Self-discovery, what works for someone else may not work for you. And we cannot compare men to women. Men make 10 times as much testosterone. And guess what? In the brain, they make six times as much estrogen. We rely on our ovaries, but men's been so cool when you get into the neuroscience of this stuff. But, um, you know, men have a lot more muscle. They have a higher metabolism. You know, they can do this. But what we see universally in um, high meat consumption is eventually lipid profile abnormality. So it really is needs to be individualized. And I have many men doing, you know, men coming right alongside their woman doing my keto green program with just fabulous results, fabulous results. I had a, um, a son and mom do this just recently do my program. And he's a 23 year old male, he just came back from a year abroad in Europe. And uh, he wanted to you know, get back in shape. And she's perimenopausal, struggling with weight gain and weight loss resistant, a brilliant anti-aging doctor. And so they both went on uh, my program for 16 days and he lost 12 pounds, she lost eight pounds and they felt like energetic, no cravings and clear as can be. So it was, you know, the ages you can come right alongside the rest, your family can come right alongside of you because this is healthy. This is by design. And test don't guess, right? Test don't guess. Absolutely. So tell us about your book and what what types of things people will learn in your book and benefit from. Yeah, well, definitely in my book, I have a 10-day keto green detox quick start. So that's just a quick way. Let's get you into this right away and start adapting the principles. I also follow that with a 21-day meal plan and menu plan and chapters on testing on hormone disruptors that you would never even think about could cause hormone disruptors, and also a vaginal health chapter and a really a couple chapters that are so personal to me on stress, trauma, PTSD, and how that affects our hormones, cortisol and oxytocin, and then what we what we can do about it. So it is a holistic program addressing you know the key areas that we need to address to really claim optimal health. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I know that so many women listening are just going to want to grab your book and, and eat it up because, you know, hormones are, you know, really the cornerstone of our health. Women are so much more complex hormonally than men. 
you know, it said that we have, you know, 300 different hormones in our body. It's not just estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. There's lots of different types. And so we're very complex. So we're very complex emotionally also. Um, but, you know, we, we really have to take care of our hormones, especially when you're getting into the perimenopause and menopause, there's a lot of things that you can do. You don't just have to suffer. Like for me, I, my period stopped in March of 2019. Whenever this is published, that's when it stopped. And I thought, okay, great, here we go. <laughs> this is the beginning of perimenopause. I'm going to be 47 in a couple of weeks. So here we go. I can't wait for, you know, probably gaining 10 pounds and, and all the symptoms that I've been coaching my female clients about are, are coming for me. So I know I have to take measures right now uh, to, to address these things and address my, my hormones. It might be, you know, sliding a little bit. So I, I'm really interested in this information as well. It's applying to me now. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. And the sooner the better, right? And they're never too late. And it's never too late. I have clients in their 70s doing my program. And so it's really powerful. And I think the sooner that you can do it, the better. And, and there is something there's pearls in my book, if people have been doing keto, or they've been plant based, or they're vegetarian, they're baking, or whatever the situation, maybe they did menopause 20 years ago, or looking at it 20 years from now, there is something in here for everyone, because we need a reset, we need a hormonal reset, we need to clean up our receptors, we need to empower our body to produce, utilize and communicate hormonally in a way that is balancing for us to the best of our ability like uh, what is balance really right what is balance you know so so it is powerful but with that again you see my pictures online and uh, people go to dranna.com forward slash book and we'll give you a link but my my i've been 80 pounds i've been over 240 pounds i had tremendous hair loss to the near back of my scalp i mean it's frightening pictures to look at i'm like man i can't believe i share these every time yeah. i look at them, like <laughs> god, god has made me humble <laughs> well dr so, anna thanks so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us and your solutions more importantly about, you know, to help other women, because I know there's so many people struggling out there. And that's why I do this to give people answers uh, and help them fit the, those pieces of the puzzle together. They're not getting at their conventional medical doctor's office. So thanks for, for joining us today on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in every week to the Myers Detox podcast, where we talk about, you know, uh, heavy metals, heavy metal supplements, detox solutions, and topics related to your most pressing health concerns like today about hormones. So thanks for tuning in every week. It's my pleasure to serve you. I'll talk to you guys next week.